The title today is More Than You Were Built to Handle. You ever feel that way? More Than You Were Built to Handle. Um, through our lives and stuff, there's a lot of stuff. I don't even want to do it. Choirs, how quickly can y'all get out here? Somebody run in there and say, come on, hurry, hurry, hurry. Here they come. Here they come. While they're coming, come on out quickly. While they're coming, I am going to do something you were not expecting today. A pop test. Yeah. So everybody get your phone out because you need it to write on. Everybody has a note section. If you don't have a phone, raise your hand. We'll give you a piece of paper and a pen. Everybody has a phone, I'm sure. I'm gonna be real. There's a couple of people over here that don't have a phone. There's a few over here. Or they didn't bring it in with them because it rings. A lot of Keith leaves his in, his, in the truck or, or here when he goes somewhere or whatever. I'll be trying to call him and I hear it ringing in the other room. <laughs> or sitting right there beside me. So if you want a piece of paper, get your paper. If you've got your phone, find your notes section, someplace you can write on. You don't want to send this to anybody, so make sure it's a private place. Find your notes section or someplace you can jot something down in. This is a test. You know, the devil gives us tests. So you're having a pop test first off this morning. You ever had a pop test at school? Now, Craig had no clue what scripture I was going to use today. All I did was say, Craig, would you do the offering today? He said, yes, ma'am, sure. But we're going to talk about, first off, the thief. You just saw it comes to do what? You can put it up there in the King James, just that first part, yeah. The thief comes not but for to what? And that's all I want you to get. The thief comes but far to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Now, I want you to take just a minute. I'm going to see how long it takes. And I want you to think of in your life, not your neighbor's life, not your boss's life, not your kid's life, not anybody else's life, but anything in your life that you feel like is being stolen from you, anything. Let's see, I even wrote some things down to help you. Your time, your money, your joy, your peace, your hope, your faith, your health, your freedom, your marriage. Give you some clues. Anything that's being stolen from you, anything that's killing your body, your mind, your hope, that's are destroying drugs, Alcohol, affairs, porn, marriages, anything that's killing, stealing, or destroying in your life at all. And move over if you want to so nobody can see what you're texting or, you know, this is a very private thing. So text in your phone or on your paper something that is, it, your list could be long, your list could be short. And there's not a person in here that's not going to have something to write down. Stealing, killing, or destroying from you. Everybody should be doing it. There shouldn't be a person in here that's not doing it. Your health, your money, Branson, let's see Branson, are they doing it? Let's see out there on the internet. Are you doing it? You're not exempt. I can see you. You're sitting there thinking, I wonder what they're writing down. No. No, you write it down for you. Write down anything that is stealing in your life. Your thoughts, your mind, your memory. Stealing, killing, or destroying. People are still doing it, so I'm going to give you just a few minutes. We're not in any hurry today. We can stay here till four. We've done it before. I could have named my sermon today, Crushing the Devil's Head. Would you like that better? Because that's what we're going to do before it's over with. 
People are still doing it, so let's give them some time. you got time to wait on your brother or sister, don't you? Yeah. Now, I'm going to assume, raise your hand if you're done. Everybody wrote something down. I'm going to assume everybody's got something on their list. Everybody's wrote something down. Did I see Branson? My hair's standing straight up, ain't it? Did y'all write something down? Raise your hand. Everybody wrote something down? To the extent that the devil has any place in our lives, that he's able to steal, kill, or destroy, we have a door open to him. We've let him in. We, uh, we have allowed him into our lives. Now, it can be through ignorance, or it can be through being tired of messing with it. It can be through uh, just not knowing the word. It can be through... Uh, rebellion. It can be through just plain rebellion, not wanting to change. But I want us to figure out today how to get him out once and for all. Amen. And, and don't be scared. It's not hard. But there is a way to do it. And you're all quiet because you say, oh yeah, we've heard these sermons before. But are you really interested in getting the devil out of your life? Amen. Few people... Anybody else interested in getting the devil out of your life once and for all? Okay. How many of you know or are 100% clear on what it means to be saved? I wonder. Let's look at Romans 10. Verse 8, for just a minute. Saved from going to hell, but saved. Romans 8. I think it's King James that I have here. I forgot to write it down. But what saith it? The what? Now, y'all are going to have to help me today. Do y'all forget it was me? I hadn't taught in a while. So we can't have just three people over there helping me with it. We've got to have... Amen. All right. Amen. The what is... Word. The word is nigh thee even in mouth. your mouth and in your heart. heart. That is the word of faith that we preach. That if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in your heart that the Lord has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto what? Righteousness. 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 Righteousness. And with his mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Now keep that part, (coughs) man believeth unto righteousness, at the forefront of your little mind right there. Can you do that? Man believes unto righteousness. Okay? Everybody doesn't even know what righteousness means, so we're going to get into that in a few minutes, okay? Okay? Man believes unto righteousness, and we're going to get into what it means to even be saved. All right? John 10.10 says, The thief comes to steal and kill and destroy, the NIV, but I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. So in verse 10, it says, Jesus came to do just the opposite of what the devil came to do. Is that correct? The devil came to destroy everything in your life, and what did God come to do? 
give you life. And like he read out of the Amplified, life to the full, life to overflowing, everything you could think of. So when you think, now think just for a minute, take your pen or your, your phone back out or your paper or whatever. And you don't have to think of everything that you want or everything that's on your vision list. Write down the opposite of those things that you just wrote down that the devil is destroying. The opposite of sickness, the opposite of poverty, the opposite of drug addiction, the opposite of affairs, the opposite of whatever's going on in your life, the opposite of cancer, the opposite of... Write down the opposite of those things. Some of you have already failed the test because some of you hadn't written anything down. And I am not believing the devil has, is, has not attacked you. I, I'm just not believing it, you know. So, so some of you has already failed the test. Anyway, that's between you and the Lord. Do you know that there's people in the world today that people could tell them that they love them and they would never believe it? They could tell them every single day that they love them and they would never believe it. How many of you had a boyfriend when you were a teenager or boys had a girlfriend when you were a teenager? Most of you. Some of you still waiting. That's okay. That's okay. But how many of you knew somebody then that should cover everybody? Either had one or knew somebody that had one. Okay? That should cover everybody. Did they go loopy? You go loopy for this other person? I mean, writing their name down. Like, I, I was a teenager and I would write down Mrs. Keith Moore. <laughs> I mean, I was in the 8th grade, 10th grade, 9th grade, whatever. I love Keith. I had pictures of Keith everywhere. I thought about Keith constantly. Do you know what I'm talking about? I had pictures on my headboard of my bed. I had, you know, every time I I was writing his name down, I'm supposed to be taking notes in school, and I'm writing, you know, I love Keith, and drawing little hearts, and I'm doing... Do you know what I'm talking about? Anybody else do anything like that? Three people. <laughs> Four, five, five, five people. So I was the only one that did that sort of thing. No, no raise your hand up high. Yes, you did that. Now, do you know that scripture in Joshua where it says, meditate in the Lord day and night, and he'll make your way prosperous? You meditated on that boy or that girl night and day. Right? Yes. You thought about when they was going to call. You thought about when you was going to see them. You, you pulled your clothes out and got it ready to go a week ahead of time. <laughs> so you know you can meditate on something all the time because you did. Yep. Oh, and don't think about when you were going to get married and how much time you spent on that. <laughs> you can. But people can tell you how much they care about you and how much they love you. And no matter how much they look you in the face and say, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. I'm not worthy. You you shouldn't love me. I've done some bad stuff in my life. You don't understand. I've really messed up. You shouldn't love me. There's a lot of people out there that think that sort of stuff. Because they've really messed up on some stuff in their lives. And people can sit there in their face and tell them how much they care about them and how much they love them. But... Doesn't matter. They'll walk away and say, I know, I know. But then they'll go back in their rooms. And you've se- anybody seen that commercial where they get out that smiley face? Anybody seen it? Know what I'm talking about? It's a commercial that 
they uh, put on TV, and instead of them actually smiling, they've got this sign where they pull up and they're smiling because inside they're not really smiling. And, you know, I think that there's a lot of Christians like that. They're walking through the door, and they put on their smiley face, but on the inside, they're hurting. On the inside, they're defeated. On the inside, because Christians are not supposed to tell anybody that they're defeated, and they're not supposed to tell anybody that they're hurting. They're just supposed to go through life with a smile on their face. And nobody is ever supposed to know that their marriage is in trouble, that their finances are in trouble, that their kids are in trouble, that their life is in trouble. And before you know it, they've committed suicide. Because they don't think that anybody is there to help them. They don't think that anybody really cares and that they're not supposed to let anybody know. But there is someone there to help them. There is someone there with the answers. There is someone there that cares more than they could ever know. And he paid the biggest price for them. He came to give them life and life more abundantly. But they don't know what being saved means. They confess Jesus as their Lord, but they don't know what being saved means. Listen to this next part. Well, uh, let me say this, and then we'll come back to it. Their spirit man is like a dried-up raisin on the inside of them. Do you know what a dried-up raisin is? It's like a prune. You ever seen somebody with a sourpuss look on their face, and they're mean all the time? Well, they're a prune. You know why they're that way? Only because they don't have any life in them. Don't get mad at them. Help them to build that up on the inside of them so they don't have to be old putts and prunes. They don't want to be that way. They just don't know how to be any different. It's our job to help teach them how to be different. It's our job to show them how to turn that prune on the inside of them into a live grape that's overflowing with juices. Hallelujah. Do you understand that? Yes. That's our job. So, let's read this. I've got it in big print here, so I'm going to read it to you. God never intended for us to handle this life alone. Have you ever seen... Let's see, I'll try to think of something. I know the guys work with weights, I mean, equipment stuff all the time, and there's like weight limits that you can put on stuff. You ever seen, name me something that's got weight limits that you can put on stuff? A lift. A lift. Yeah, a lift. You, you can only put so much weight on this, and then what's going to happen to that lift? It's just going to sit, it, there's no compression enough to raise it. Then there's someone said, this lift will only lift 500 pounds. Well, you go to put 3,000 pounds on it, what is it going to do? I didn't hear you. What, what, what is it going to do? If a 500-pound lift says you can only put 500 pounds on me, what if you put 3,000 pounds on it? It won't lift. Some of you in here are only equipped to handle 500 pounds and you have 10,000 pounds on you right now. The reason why is because one thing came and you didn't know how to handle it. Then another thing came and you didn't know how to handle it. And another thing came and you didn't know how to handle it. And another thing came and you didn't know how to handle it. So your weight limit has far exceeded your faith limit. So you are at a point to where you cannot lift this load up off of yourself by yourself. You're not equipped to handle it. But there is someone that is equipped to handle it. And the devil is very good at taking loads and putting them on people and just stacking them with loads. He's very good at making you believe you can't get that load off. 
He's very good at the word kill and steal and destroy. And another word, defeat. Look at this real quick. Isaiah 53 in the NIV. It's talking about our master to come. Verse 7. He was oppressed and afflicted. Read the next part with me. Yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shears, he was silent. Read the next part. So he didn't open his mouth. He stayed silent. He kept his mouth shut. Every time they attacked him about it, he just kept his mouth shut. But how many of you remember the story of Paul when they got him and had him on the whipping post? And they were just about to whip After he had told this vision that he had about the Lord appearing to him and the light appearing to him, and they got him and the centurion servants had him and they had him on the whipping post, and they were just about to beat him. I mean, they had him tied to that post, and he was just about to get all those lashes on his back and rip the skin off his back. What did he say? Let's look at it. Verse 25, Acts 22, 25. Uh, this is in the NIV. Is it legal for you to flog a Roman citizen that hasn't ever been found guilty? Is it legal for you to do that? Okay, so here is my question to you. Then we'll get back to this in just a second. Have you ever... Now, show me again how many of you in here are saved? I'm going to look for just a minute. Looking, 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 looking. Saved, 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 saved. I'm thinking that's most every hand in the place. Have you ever, ever, when the devil has attacked you, ever, when the devil has attacked you, said, is it legal for you to attack me? Huh? Have you ever asked the devil, is it legal for you to attack me? Then you don't know what it means to be saved. Come on. Hallelujah. Because you are a citizen of heaven. Amen. Have you ever looked the devil in the eye and say, is it legal for you to attack me with this? Is it legal for you to do this? I am a child of God. You know why? Because you don't know what it means to be saved. You said the words. You confessed him. But you never learned what it meant to be saved. Listen to what happened after that. Verse 29 says, it talks about the guy said, you know, he had to pay a lot of money for his citizenship. But verse 29, those who were about to interrogate him withdrew immediately. What do you think the devil's going to do to you when he finds out that you know who you are in Christ? What do you think he's going to do when he knows you know? When he knows, you know. What did it say? You believe in your heart. Let me word it just exactly the way it said it. Let's see. For with the heart man believeth unto 
righteousness. With the heart, you believe you are righteous. Amen. So put that back up there. Those who were about to interrogate him withdrew immediately. Why would they withdraw immediately? Because they knew Paul was not one bit confused about who he belonged to. The commander himself was what? Alarmed when he realized he had put Paul, a Roman citizen, in chains. We have no clue about our power in the righteousness of God. We have no clue about who we are in Christ and why Jesus came and paid the price for us. We're going to get into it some more before it's over with. How many of you remember when Jesus was tested in the wilderness? Remember that story? Just the first sentence, I want to read that to you. Uh, I didn't put down what book it is, um, but I'll just tell, I'll read it to you. Verse 1 said, He was full of the Holy Spirit. How do you overcome the devil? You are full of the Holy Spirit. But there are ways you have to get to get full of the Holy Spirit. It's not that you have to be in the Word 24-7. Let me, let, I'm just going to read you some other things. Okay, before we get there. 1 John 3.8. You'll come back to that. 1 John 3.8 in the NIV. He that committeth or practices... Um, let's see. There must have been two NIVs. Because this one says, he that commits... Isn't there two NIVs now? Like there's two Amplifieds? Yeah. He that commits or practices or continues in. In other words, you just can keep, keep continuing to sin. I mean, you've done the same thing 92 times and you've had to go back to the Lord 92 times and repent 92 times. Is of the devil and the devil sins from the beginning. The beginning. But for this purpose... Read the last part. Ready? The Son of God was made manifest. That's not the one I wanted. Let's try King James. Yeah, there you go. That he can destroy the Son of God was made manifest. Why? Why did Jesus come? Why did Jesus come? What does it mean to be saved? Well, when you get saved, what did you do? Even the little kids know this. When you get saved, what did you do? You ask Jesus in your heart. Where does Jesus live? In your heart. Isn't it precious? Even the little kids go, Jesus lives in my heart. Jesus lives in my heart. We were just singing something on the inside, working on the outside. Oh, what a change in my life. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. Where does Jesus live? Why do we immediately go? Huh? Huh? Why does everybody immediately go? Where does Jesus live? In my heart. Part of you are saying it. Where does Jesus live? In my heart. And the rest of you, where does Jesus live? In my heart. When you get saved, where does Jesus go? I know this is kindergarten, but where does Jesus live? In Put that verse back up there. God was manifest so that he might destroy... The Son of God was manifest. Jesus was manifest so that he might what? Destroy. 
Do you honestly, now honestly, <coughs> honestly, honestly think that Jesus is going to live inside of share? Yes, absolutely, I believe that. And enjoy the fact that Cher is letting the devil destroy her? When the whole reason that he came and went through all the H-E-double-L that he went through and did go to H-E-double-L was to destroy what? What is the works of the devil? To steal, to kill, and to destroy. Jesus is not on the outside out here waiting to do something. Jesus is on the inside of you like that shriveled up raisin waiting for you to do something and speak up and say, I am a child of God. And the minute you start that, then the devil starts to flee. It says resist him and he'll do what? Just like that. He was afraid. Well, the devil's afraid of you when he knows who you are. But he's not afraid of somebody that, I'm a child of God. But when you open up your mouth and you proclaim and you're bold about it, Christians are afraid to say who they are in Christ. They are afraid it's going to make the devil attack them more. But I've got news for you. He's going to attack you anyway. He's going to put 30,000 pounds on you and dare you to say anything about it. But you have to open up your mouth and say, what? We're going to tell you some things to say here in a minute. Okay. Psalm 103, you all know it, but let's get to it just a minute, and then we're going to get into this. Psalm 103. I think it's NIV in mine. I don't think it matters which one it's in. It says, praise the Lord, O my soul, all my what? Praise His holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and what? Forget not all His benefits. Who does what? Now, wait a minute. What about that really bad sin that I did? I cannot be righteous because I did that. There's no way I will ever be righteous again. I don't care how many times I repented. It keeps coming back to my mind. It doesn't matter how many times I repented. I know I did it. Is God bigger than you? Let's go back and read it again. Let's go back and read it again. Uh, Where is it? Uh, Get your Bible. Everybody got a Bible in here? Turn to Romans. Chapter 10. Verse 10. If you don't have a Bible you can mark in, then throw it away and go buy another one that you can mark in, like Brother Hagin used to say all the time. You should see mine. I made Rob bring me my actual study Bible yesterday. I I had forgotten how much markings it was in it. I was looking for some things. Man, it's so marked up the pages are falling out. Verse 10. What does that say? With your heart, you believe unto righteousness. With your heart, you believe unto righteousness. And with your mouth, you make confession unto salvation. Doesn't everybody believe this is part of being saved? 
this one verse, doesn't everybody believe, how many of you believe that's part of being saved, this one verse? Then how come everybody has separated it after they get saved? They make the confession so they know they're saved, but immediately after that, the first time that they sin, they are no longer righteous. And they're ashamed to go before the Lord. This said, with your heart, you believe you are right before the Lord. You confess it, you tell him you messed up. It doesn't matter if the devil has a replay on your phone and every time you turn your phone on, it plays a video of what you did wrong. And you erase it. You say, I'm righteous. I don't care what you say, devil. I am righteous. I am righteous. Na, 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 na. I am righteous. Now you can't do anything about it. Just like Paul said, he was a Roman citizen. I don't care how many videos he has of it. I don't care how many pictures that he has of it. I don't care if somebody took your picture and put it on the Internet and, and it shows your, your, uh, the mistakes you made your whole life. The devil cannot make you not righteous. Amen. Do you understand that? If you repented and you got right with the Lord, it said you have to believe it, though. It doesn't matter how many times the Lord tells you that you are righteous. What do you have to do? You have to believe it in your heart. You have to believe it in your heart. So it says, He redeems, He forgives all your sins. You repent, He forgives you. Lay down your bed, repent. He does what else? He heals all your diseases. Do you know why he put forgives your sins before he heals all your diseases? Because the first time that you go to the Lord and say, Lord, I'm sick, heal me. He's, the devil's going to say, do you know what you did? Do you know what you did? How in the world would you expect God to heal you? Do you know what you did? Why in the world would you expect the Lord to heal you? Do you know what you did? That's why you have to go back and believe you are the righteousness of God. It doesn't matter what you did. And you have to scream it at the devil sometimes. And people in your house may think you've lost your mind. But sometimes you have to remind him how loud you can get because he's deaf. And you have to remind him, I am the healed of the Lord. I am the righteous of the Lord. I am a child of God. Yes. Amen. You cannot do this to me. And you have to yell it from the top of your lungs. So the next one, who redeems your life from the pit... Now, that's the thing that most people believe they got when they got saved. They don't have to go to hell. But you know, there's a whole lot more to being saved than just not going to hell. I mean, it's great. Don't get me wrong. Nobody wants to go to hell. But we ought to be getting all of these benefits. Amen. And quit letting the devil load our lift. Let's see. Um, he crowns us with love and compassion. That prune goes away. Do you understand that? He does it. He changes your insides. You don't even have to do it. He changes our insides. And it says, He satisfies your desires with good things. This is one of my favorites. My youth is renewed like the eagles. I've been confessing that every day. My youth is renewed like the eagles. Say it with me. My youth is renewed like the eagles. All right. The Lord works what? The Lord works what? And justice for what? Why would you be oppressed? 
Because you don't know that you are righteous, saved. You don't know it. Okay. So you got all your stuff written down on your sheet. I did something for you. Ushers, would you get that ready, please? Go ahead and hand it out. Just pass them down, see how quickly we can get it done. We have the greater one living inside of us. But you have to remember that he's in there. He does you no good if you don't remember that Jesus is inside of you. I would challenge you, and I know you're passing these out, but try to listen as, as they're passing them out, to go home and put up a big sign if you have to. Jesus lives in me. Do you understand that? I'll wait just a second. I'll give y'all a minute. Everybody's lost. Yeah. Leslie Branson. Branson, where does Jesus live? Yeah, that's what they said. They're patting their hearts. (laughs) Okay, everybody got it? Did you all hear? You should go home and get you a sign or get a reminder that flashes up on your phone. Nowadays, we're so techy. Whatever you need to do. I have had signs on my mirrors of things for years and years and years and years. And get a sign that says, Jesus lives in me. I am in him. He is in me. Now, I handed you out a sheet of in him scriptures. Now, don't read them right now. Just stick them in your Bible. Elsewise, we won't get finished. Fold them up, stick them in your Bible. And I'm going to take just a moment and read a couple of things to you from this book of Brother Hagin's. How many of you have seen this book before? Yeah, 99.9% of the people in here. If you don't have it, Spend the whatever it is, 99 cents or a dollar or whatever it is to to buy this book, okay? It'll be worth every dime. Now, I gave you all the scriptures that are in it, but he explains them a little bit in some places and stuff. And so I'm going to take just a minute and read. I'm not going to try to read all of them because we'll be here till 4 o'clock, and I was just joking about that. But um, he says to get the scriptures, underline them, write them down, meditate on them, confess them, and begin to say them with your mouth. And that is the most vital thing that you can do. Peter opened his mouth. Jesus, I talked about him for just a moment. And Rob, find where that is so they can put it up there. um, About, huh, Luke 4? Luke 4, 1. It said Jesus was full of the Holy Ghost when he was tempted of the devil. But all through the... You don't have, we don't have to read it, but it says, and Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost. But do you know what Jesus, and I've, I've taught this before, but it is still the same thing that you have to do. It's the very same thing that Je- if Jesus had to do it, we have to do it. I've taught it over and over and over again, but we quit doing it. We have to open our mouths. Jesus returned to the devil and said, It is what? Written. Written. 
He opened his mouth and told the devil, no, it is written. And I don't know at how many times, it's probably on a daily basis, on a daily basis, we'll get a call, somebody's sick, we'll get a call, something happened, we'll get a call, they're dealing with this, we'll get a call. I'll say, did they say this? We'll know, but we'll tell them. And they'll say, we're on it, we're on it, we're saying it. Now, and they've been in the church 20 years. 10 years, 15 years. Did they say this? No, but we'll tell them and they'll get right on it. We're doing it right now. The devil wants you slow. Do you understand what I'm saying? The moment. Say it with me, the moment. The moment. That the devil, the devil. attacks me. Attacks. I got to open my mouth. And if I can't think of another scripture to say, all i got to say is, I'm a child of the Most High. Amen. You can't do this to me. That's absolutely all you have to remember. You don't have to think of 5,000 scriptures. You don't have to run get your Bible. You don't have to do anything else. But remember that you are a child of God. Amen. And then when you get home, you can find you some scriptures to stand on. But the moment that it happens, you've got to open that mouth. And your people around you, at your work, they may not understand, but you understand. You get a pain, you get attacked, you get a phone call. Let's practice it a few times. Phone call, bad news. Your kids get attacked. You get an evil report from the doctor. I'm a child of the Most High God. Your marriage, your, you and your wife just had a fight. I'm a child of the Most High God. That opens the door for wisdom. It opens the door for the Lord to be able to come in and fill you with answers. And what it does is the devil has to flee. And I'd finish it by saying, get out of here, devil. Amen. what I would do if it was me. How long does that take? Somebody time it. Who's got a stopwatch on their phone? Let's time it. You ready? Who's ready? Ready? I am a child of the Most High God. Devil, get out of here. How long did that take? Five seconds. Five seconds. How long does cancer take? How long does a car accident take? How long does rebellious kids take? Huh? I mean, if you don't do it. Huh? Could be decades. How long does a bad marriage take? Huh? Five seconds. How long did it take with Paul? Five seconds. Five seconds. We have to know who we are in Christ. And the first thing that's going to come to your mind is, you are no good. How can you say that? And what's the first thing you're going to say? I am the child of the Most High God. Get out of here. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Amen. Let's get to that. Okay. Um, in him confessions. Let's see. Um... Uh, let's see here. Um, which one I want to start with? Um, Jesus said, uh, he said, I am the good shepherd. So Brother Hagin said, I wake in the morning sometimes confessing. The Lord is my shepherd. I do not want for ability. I do not want for strength. I do not want for money. I do not want for anything. Okay? Because why? <laughs> exactly. Um, let's see. Um... I, John 15, verse 5 through 7, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask whatever you will and it shall be given. Why? Because you're a child of God. 
Okay? And let's see. Um, Therefore, if any... This is 2 Corinthians 5, 17. If any man be in Christ, you're a new creature. Old things are passed away. All things have become new. It doesn't matter how long you have been dealing with doing that, whatever it is. If you've been doing it since the day you've been saved... You wake up in the morning and you get this and you say, I'm a new creature in Christ. Amen. How many of you remember the story about Keith saying, I'm free from cigarettes? Yeah. I'm free from cigarettes. I'm free from cigarettes. All you've got to do is get your mouth working. Hallelujah. I am free from this. I know, you know, I had my teeth done and I haven't finished yet. They're still, I told Dave he, he needed to stay ready because if they fell out, he'd have to finish for me. They've had issues with them and stuff. So um, I said, so if they just fall out, he said, you're not spitting your teeth out. Keep going, you know. And so uh, anyways, so thank y'all for believing with me. Um, Anyway, um, I said, um, since I started doing all this with my teeth, I haven't been able to eat solid foods, you know, like I can't eat steak and I can't eat, you know, anything hard, you know. I tried to eat a salad the other day and Jordan and Rachel were laughing at me because it was just coming all out of my mouth and stuff because I love salads. Well, I don't love them. I enjoy them immensely. (laughs) Most people wouldn't know why y'all are laughing, but y'all understand. And and so anyways, um, but... When I first had my mouth done, absolutely all I could eat was mashed potatoes. And one day, Jordan brought me in some cupcakes. And they were super soft, and they had icing on them. And I got, and I had never eaten sugar. I was just, I've never been a sugar eater. And, but I got started eating these cupcakes that were sugar. And so then I got on this sugar thing, you know. And, and I have, I mean, I have never been a sugar eater. But now, I tried to get off of sugar, Sugar is addictive. I'm telling you what. You have to put your flesh under to get off of sugar. It is some addictive stuff. It ain't no wonder that the shelves in the store are so full of this stuff. I mean, everything you look in has got sugar in it. The ketchup's got sugar in it. The mustard's got sugar in it. The lettuce almost has got sugar in it. I mean, they have put sugar in everything. And so... It's like I had to use my faith to start getting off of sugar again, you know? I mean, you do what you want to with it. I'm just telling you about me, you know? And so it doesn't matter. I get tickled at people that get so upset with somebody that they have an addiction of some kind. I think, you try to get off coffee for a day. You try to get off of something for a day. You change your routine. You, You quit watching your soap opera for a day. Yeah, or sports for a day. Yeah. You quit talking about people that have an addiction. That's just mean. You try, you try giving up something. I'm going to go make you minister to those people. And you quit as long as they quit. I remember one time we had this couple, we were marriage counseling. I've got off track, but anyway. Um, we had this couple that we were ministering to, and they wanted to counsel with us. And I said, let me pray about it. And this woman, she was real spiritual, you know. She was the spiritual head of their household. And the guy, he, he just felt like he was useless. He did not know he was the righteousness of God in Christ. <laughs> and she ran everything. And um, so they came to us, and they wanted some marriage counseling. And um, I said, okay, this is what I want you all to do. To get your marriage back on track. This is what the Lord told me. We were out. We had our boat then. And we were out on our boat one afternoon. And I went down to fix something to drink or something and I came back up and as I took put my foot on the first step the Lord said tell him this and I said what he said tell him that so I went back and I said this is what the Lord told me to tell you do with it what you will no big counseling session no big anything the Lord said to tell you to to fast for three days that's all he told me fast for three days well after two hours the lady calls, and she says, I can't do this. I cannot do this. Now, he's done it for three days, and I couldn't do it. I couldn't even do it two hours. So who is the spiritual person? What was the Lord trying to do? 
You can talk a talk, but you got to walk the walk. Do you understand that? Yeah, okay. Better get back to my stuff. <laughs> I love the Lord. Don't you just love the Lord? <laughs> he just does stuff so good. Anyway, uh, you're a new creature in Christ. All right. Um, this one says, we are his workmanship. We're created in Christ Jesus. He made us. He knows what it'll take to fix us. Just like that. How long does it take him to fix something or to show you what to do to fix something? Right? Doesn't take him long. He can show you. Okay? And then um, there is, oh, this is one of my favorites. You ready? Yeah. Romans 8.1. There is now no condemnation Amen. to them that are what? That means zero condemnation. When the, you are believing for something and the devil tries to tell you you messed up on that, say what? I'm a child of the Most High, I'm a ch- and Jesus lives inside of me. Amen. You get out of here, devil. Okay, this is the one that I wanted to get to. 1 Corinthians uh, 1.30 But of him who are in Christ Jesus, who is God made unto us wisdom, and righteousness, and sanctification, and redemption. I want to give you the definitions of those real quickly. Wisdom is knowledge and how to use it. You can have knowledge, but you don't know how to use it. That's wisdom. Righteousness. Write it down, put stars around it, mark it in your Bible, because with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. righteousness. Clean. When something is clean, what is it? It's not dirty anymore. Clean from guilt and sin. You're clean. It's like a plate. How many of you have ever washed a dish off? Shame on you. You aren't going to just leave it dirty? Huh? How many of you put one in the dishwasher? And it sanitized it. And it came out what? Was it kind of sparkly? Especially your glasses? Was it really dirty to start with? But it came out what? That is how you need to see you. You may have messed up. But every time you see you, you need to see you sparkling like you just went through the dishwasher. Every time the devil tells you you're not righteous, you say, no, I just went through the dishwasher. Thank you. I mean, that's some hot water in there, isn't it? Yeah, I just went through the dishwasher. Thank you. I'm clean. I mean, showers are good, but that dishwasher, it gets it hot. Cleans you right up, doesn't it? Yeah. I just went through the dishwasher. Thank you. All right? All right. Then the next thing is um, sanctification. Now, that's a big old word, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, most people don't know what it means. It means he already purified you and made you holy. Now, most people in this room would not look me in the eye and say, I am holy. They're not going to look me in the eye and say, I'm a holy person. You don't know what I did yesterday. I cussed that man out at that store, and when I was driving, I flipped him off, you know, but I'm holy. (laughs) I'm holy. In you, you ain't nothing. In us, guys, we are not good. But in him, in him, in him, we are holy. Amen. When you look in the mirror, and you've got to do this, run everybody out of your bathroom, shut the door, look in the mirror, and point at yourself, and say, I'm redeemed, I'm sanctified, I'm 
righteous, and I'm redeemed. And it would be good if you got up and did that every single morning. And if you, if you have to, get the definitions to these because they're too, they're too deep when you do that. You don't really get the words. So say, um, I'm clean. clean. Say, I'm holy. holy. I have wisdom. wisdom. And I'm delivered. delivered. If you got to get the tape and play that little last part and get those words because you didn't write them down but righteousness means you're clean you went through the dishwasher you have wisdom you know how to use knowledge sanctification means you're purified and you're holy and redemption means you've been delivered you're atoned you've been rescued amen amen hallelujah And you could never, ever, ever get too much of that seeing yourself that way. Find some place. Put this in front of you. Put it to where you can see it. Change the vision of yourself. It doesn't matter what your clothes looks like or your hair looks like in that mirror. Look on the inside of you. See yourself the way He sees you. Amen. Because in Him, that is who you are. He paid a huge price. He's already done everything for you that He can possibly do. Amen. It doesn't matter if you kicked the dog and you slapped your wife and you drank a beer on the way to church this morning. Come on. Do you hear me? Yes. If you repent and say, God, forgive me. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that. I've been a horse's tail. Do you hear me? Yes. I want to change. You look in that mirror and you say, I'm redeemed. Let's see. I I have wisdom. I have knowledge. You're going to give me knowledge how to change this. I'm clean. I just went through the dishwasher. I'm holy because I'm in you. And you are rescuing me from all this mess. Amen. Amen. And let's see. I, I think I had one more that I wanted to read to you. Most of these you already know the others. Uh, he himself um, bear our sins in his body on the tree that we being dead to sin should live unto. There's that word again. Why does he put that before healed every time? By whose stripes. Why is that word every time before we are healed? Because every time you go to the Lord about being healed, the devil is going to remind you about what you did wrong. And you've got to scream, No, I'm healed because I'm a child of God. All right? And then Matthew himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. Um, then, uh, let's see. Romans 8, 2, for the law of the Spirit in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Now, you can't do any of this stuff on your own. So just confessing this stuff on your own, you, you, you have got yourself your little wagon, your little lift loaded down. So you've got to get up and look in that mirror and say, No, Lord, I've been trying to do this all on my own. I can't do it on my own. I've proven that. But I know that there's a greater one on the inside of me that you live. Jesus is on the inside of me. And what I can't do, he's going to give me wisdom. Amen. How to deal with this. And he's going to help me with this. Because I am the redeemed of the Lord. Amen. Because most of the time, it's not that people don't want to change. It's because they go to the Lord and immediately they feel condemned. Mm. Or they feel like they can't overcome it. But you can't in your own strengths. And you can't in your own righteousness. You have to take on his righteousness. Amen. You have to take on his love, his cleaning. Yes. Okay, let's see. Um, James 4, 7, we all know this. Resist the devil and he will flee. Let's see. And Romans 8, 
Uh, well, uh, let's read this one first. John 4, 4. You are of God, little children. You have overcome them because greater, greater. is he that is in me. Amen. Say it with me. Greater, greater. is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Who's in you? All right. Romans 8, 37. Nay, in all these things, I am more than a conqueror through him. All right. In Philippians, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Why? Because I'm more than a conqueror. Right? All right. And I think I've just got one or two more here. This little book, you can read it for yourself, but it just... Um, I've been crucified with Christ, but Christ lives in me. That's the one I've been quoting all morning. That's Colossians 1.27. Christ lives in me. Uh, God will supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. Do you believe any of these things? Do you understand a little bit better about what being saved means this morning? Anybody in here? Anybody in here? I want them to sing this song just a minute, and then I'm going to come back up here. Y'all go ahead. Sing that. Just a second. David, David, I hit David about five minutes before the service started. (laughs) 